five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. In this week's Space Economy podcast, my special guest is Patrick Thera, President of Advanced Technologies at the Callion Group. You may not be familiar with the Callion Group or Advanced Technologies. Advanced Technologies, however, was formerly known as SED Systems or SED Systems. As you'll learn, Advanced Technologies has quietly been building a strong business and is emerging with a stronger public voice. Listen in. Welcome, Patrick, for the first time to the Space Economy podcast. Thank you very much. You are the president of now uh, Advanced Technologies, and I think previously it was called SED Callion or SEDS Callion? It was uh, previously known as SED Systems. I think if you oh, take the way, the, the way back machine, I think a lot of people know us as SED Systems, SED or SED Systems, but we, we changed that uh, a, a couple of years or three years back to really align ourselves more with the Callion brand, you know, Callion, we've been part of Callion since 1990. Uh, so it's really long overdue that we brought the brands together and then just represented ourselves as one Callion. Yeah. All right. So that's advanced technologies. Um, and I all note that Callion is a publicly traded uh, company on the Toronto Stock Exchange. And I looked this up today and I actually knew sort of um, trading at around its all time high of just over $69. Yeah. And in week. Go ahead. No, I said, yeah, it's a good week. Yeah. And, and in fact, your stock, unlike uh, a lot of other Canadian stocks, has almost doubled since the pandemic started. And you recently recorded, re recently uh, released your quarterly report, which had revenues of $129 million. So uh, that sort of like sets the stage. Uh, you know, a lot of Canadians don't know about Talion as a space company. Uh, mm -hmm. but you do have that uh, as part of the portfolio. So uh, my first question then is, for those who don't know much about the Callion Group, could you provide us a brief introduction to the company? Sure, really briefly, uh, Callion's diversified into four main segments. We have the, uh, the health uh, group, which provides health services, health staff, health technology, health-related uh, technologies, a learning group, which uh, again, by its name, is associated with learning uh, facilities, learning technologies, uh, again, learning uh, people to help uh, provide uh, further education. And then uh, information technology, which deals with things like cyber and, and all the IT uh, type uh, services that you would, you would expect from an IT group. And then there's advanced technologies, which is really a broad group of uh, technologies, high technologies or high capability technologies, uh, focused on on some key areas. One of the key areas is, of course, space. Uh, some of the other key areas are in you know, the wireless and, and wired and terrestrial wireless uh, defense. Uh, we have a, a growing and blossoming ag tech uh, organization here, and uh, as well as a nuclear and environmental group as well on top of that. So a very diverse portfolio right in advanced technologies itself. It's a very diverse company. And uh, and with a footprint around the world, if I understand that correctly. Yeah, we've, uh, we've done installations, you know, on the space side of things, we've done installations on, on all the continents except Antarctica. And I'm not ruling that off yet. So well, <laughs> we'll see where we go from here. But uh, yeah, we've been, we're a fairly global group and been that way for a while. 
Now, um, if I read from the online material, uh, Calling itself, the group has about 4,500 employees. Approximately how many of those that work in advanced technologies are, are in your space segment? Okay, good question. Uh, let me filter it down a bit. I think there's about 550 uh, uh, direct employees that, that work within Cali and Advanced Technologies, and they're spread across uh, Canada as well as in, uh, as in Germany. Uh, the space-related ones, I'd say there's probably 350 to 400 uh, varying times, depending on what exactly projects they're working on. We treat engineering as a pool of capability and our manufacturing as a pool of capability. So it, it ebbs and flows based on the type of projects that we're doing at any given time and the type of uh, developments that we're doing. So not an insubstantial number. Um, no. So as president of Advanced Technologies uh, within the group, uh, and I know this is a tough question because you probably have quite a lot of products, but what are some of the key products specifically uh, to space? Yeah, so I, I like to uh, uh, categorize it as, uh, as ground systems based. So, you know, you have a lot of uh, things like, you know, Canada's robot arms and things like that out in space, uh, satellites. Uh, but in order to make any of those useful, you need something on the ground to, uh, to operate them. So large RF antenna systems to communicate with, the, uh, with what, whatever's out there. You need these large antennas to, uh, uh, to do space exploration, radio astronomies, talk to space probes. We provide all that kind of infrastructure along with software solutions, hardware solutions that, that support that chain all the way from you know, standard terrestrial internet-based type uh, equipment all the way up to the, those links that are very specialized in, in, for space. Now, uh, you were recently at Satellite 2022, if I'm yes. correct. Uh, which is a substantial uh, conference, and it was the first—it's the first time it was back to fully in-person uh, conference, and, and I was—I I heard it was a lot of people. Um, yeah. How was uh, the experience for you? And and did you guys release any uh, new products uh, to come out uh, to coincide with that? Sure, uh, I'll talk a bit about that. That's uh, that that show was amazing, hugely energizing. Uh, it was great to see all the companies coming back. There were still a few shy, but it was uh, still really wi widely received. We had a ton of pent up uh, demand, I think in everybody's booths, but ours was uh, very, very busy. So we were, we were glad to see in, in, in all areas of what we're doing. You know, some of our key flagship products that we bring to the bear are, are our own antenna line that we're now representing. Uh, people that are, you know, we get a little nerdy for a second, Q and V bands uh, in space is popular right now. And a lot of the technologies that we've been working on the last few years uh, have uh, been to cater to those uh, higher frequency bands. So there's a lot of interest in what we're doing in those areas. And we're fairly unique in the world on some of that capability. Uh, we also have, um, you know, digitization is, is really key now. Uh, virtualization, cloud-based, all those things are becoming a very, very close to reality. And in a lot of cases, they are a reality. But in the case of uh, RF radio frequency technology, you still need to transmit this uh, wirelessly up to space satellites and back down again. And uh, but the, but the key is to uh, enable the connection between those satellite antennas, those communication RF systems that are needed uh, to enable those connections to be made as digitally as possible now. So you don't lose any value of, of you don't lose any power, you don't lose any um, 
of the bandwidth uh, purely in the transport of the, of the data. Now you, you maximize, you push it all the way up into the antenna. So uh, some key products that we're working on is uh, RF uh, over IP. So basically the ability to, I call it a transporter beam, but it's like the ability to take <laughs> RF and convert it into uh, internet protocol, transmit right. that over, and then on the other side, relay it back. So what that does then is it allows you to, to really, um, you know, in the end, it'll allow you to virtualize your gateways so that the gateway doesn't need to be uh, co-located anymore with the uh, with the antenna system itself. Uh, that's the ultimate goal, but in, in the end term as well, just so that you don't have to have a whole lot of equipment racks in a private equipment shelter uh, sitting there on site. You can, you can uh, integrate as much as you can in the antenna system and the antenna hub as you can, and, uh, and then just have a digital connection back to where you need, need it to be. So it simplifies life for a lot of people, uh, makes things a lot more cost-effective and way more, uh, uh, way more accessible. Key enablers in there though is, is standardizing some of that RF over IP interfaces. And that's what we're doing right now. We're on a few standard bodies to try and make sure that the whole industry kind of unites on that and really opens the doors. So uh, if you can, uh, who are some of the customers that are, you know, uh, taking you up on on this new technology? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be careful because you know we're you know in con- contract signings and in, and NDAs and things like that. So I don't get to brag about. We'll we'll just say some, uh, you know, uh, some of our key customers over the years. I'll say have been like Inmarsat, uh, Hughes Network Systems. Uh, uh, and in other cases, uh, there's a lot of new space, new new players, new entrants into the, this area, which they they were going to rely on that kind of technology. And so, uh, you know, you can go through who's who's in constellations these days. Of, yeah, that's what uh, I was getting at. Systems yeah. and, so you've got a lot of uh, a lot of new constellations that are being put up there, a lot of new players, and so. But you are seeing business from them. Well, we're, we're seeing interest from them as they form their business cases. One of the things you're right. seeing right now in the industry, and I think it's fine, but it, it does, it, there is a bit of slowing as companies look at, um, uh, at actually producing value, producing revenues, things like that, before they, they just go all in on, on the space segment. So uh, think some things are aspects are being slow rolled in there. And, uh, and it's a good thing because it's starting to say, okay, we're going to generate some revenue. We're going to validate these models. So uh, it gives uh, uh, them some time to, to really look at how they're going to run these networks in the future, minimize the possibility of failure, and also allow the technologies to really be examined and studied to see what's going to be the best of breed for providing the solutions that they need. Because they do, they do need uh, new and innovative solutions there. They can't just rely on the same old technologies in order to, to make those same business cases. It's, it's too difficult. All right, so we're gonna pivot now a little bit and, and talk on a broader topic uh, about the Canadian space sector. Um, Galleon's uh, recent uh, quarterly results were good. Um, however, the Canadian Space Agency recently released its annual State of the Canadian Space Sector report. Um, that report, uh, you know, outlined pretty much flat revenues over the past five years with uh, domestic revenues continuing to uh, decrease, but export revenues increasing, which is Mm -hmm. a good part of it. Um, Do you have any thoughts on on the report and and how you see the state of uh, Canada's space economy? Sure. You know, talking briefly, I haven't gone through that report in a lot of detail yet, uh, but I think, 
you know, the reality of space is it's a lumpy business. I'll put it that way. You know, programs, large programs come and go and the cycles for these large programs can be quite long, like a, a radio astronomy or a deep space antenna project, things like that. They don't come along every day. They take years to develop. And then when they go into production, it takes a, a you know few years to produce it. And it's going to be a, a long time before the next one comes along. So you do see, uh, you know, and, and Canada is no different in terms of the space programs that they do. It, it, it has a spread that that's just, uh, that makes it a lumpy business. So uh, we are going through a bit of a, of a slide here maybe, but um, I, I do think that's when we got to look more on, on formulating key partnerships in Canada, formulating key, uh, key consortiums to really push ourselves further into the global space and, and, uh, and maybe look at combined solutions, things like that, other ways to make sure we penetrate uh, the foreign markets, because that's where I see, uh, you know, more stability is in, in being able to be a global exporter. Well, that's a good segue into my next question, which uh, which deals with uh, the new industry group that was created in Canada. Uh, it was announced at the beginning of March. It's called Space Canada. Uh, it's there to represent the Canadian space sector. Uh, it has nine founding members, and I'm going to list them because there are people in the podcast who might be interested. Mm -hmm. uh, MDA, Telesat, GHGSat, Magellan Aerospace, Maritime Launch Services, Mission Control Space Services, North Star Earth and Space, Space Bridge, and Callion. So it also has a pro high profile leader uh, in, in uh, former uh, Premier of New Brunswick, Brian Gallant. Um, from Callion's perspective, why was there a need to create this new industry group? So um, when, I, when I looked at it, and we talked about this for quite a while, I think amongst a few of the key players there is, um, do we need a separate voice? Uh, and, and the answer, I think, was resounding yes. We need a, we need a voice that's solely uh, purposefully focused on the space sector. And we need that voice to be uh, unified or allowed us to unify what, what, you know, what we're all looking for in terms of our agendas and our focus. So, so we, we um, definitely um, came to the conclusion that we, uh, forming a new organization based on those fundamentals would be, uh, would be the right thing to do. I mean, there's a lot of challenges that are unique to the space sector. Uh, and uh, as a result, I think having that capability to, to really uh, talk about that uh, in its own forum was, was one of the key principles for what we wanted to do there. I think uh, commercialization of space, commercialization of space technologies is becoming, um, it's a big business. Even on the ground, it's a $10 billion a year business. So really getting the word out there uh, from what Canada can do and what Canada is capable of doing, as well as internally looking at and saying, hey, can uh, space is something where we got to invest. We want to make sure that we are a player and are relevant in that, uh, that realm in order to uh, sustain you know, Canada's future. Uh, one of the key things that we're looking for is, is to be able to attract top talent into careers in space. So being a voice for that even is important. Uh, you know, and not, and that happens from attracting people, uh, you know, taking STEM curriculum and then attracting them into the industry as they follow on and, and creating careers. Uh, we want to have the, a voice to the government that, that says, you know, what needs to happen in order to, for us to lead globally. And we want to be a voice to get the rest of the world talking about how Kellyan is contributing uh, overall to, to space. Uh, the other one is to play a, a part, you know, I'm, <laughs> You're not going to be a bit of a nerd if you haven't if you're not, not in the space industry. So, you know, to me, uh, knowledge of the universe, being able to monitor our precious planet, 
this is the only one we have. We have to do it right. And it's, and we're not right now. So uh, earth observation and what we do to monitor uh, our precious resource here is, is very key to one of the fundamentals of, of Calion, which is helping the world, world stay safe, people lead healthy lives, people to learn, people to innovate. Uh, and, uh, and, and as such, we want to be good stewards of our environment. And earth observation is one key way to make sure we're all staying, uh, staying clear. So you know, where else do we got to go? Elon Musk says Mars is a fixer-upper. I say at best it's a fixer-upper right now. So we, we really got to make sure we, we keep our planet clean and space clean as well, you know, so. Yeah, so you, you bring up an interesting topic, uh, Earth observation. Uh, okay. uh, earlier this year, um, the government released its, its Earth observation strategy. Um, in talking to people within the industry, it seems to have left a lot of people saying, well, okay, but there's not that much substance to this. Uh, what are you actually going to do uh, as a concrete action? And are you actually going to uh, put any money into this? Um, so is that is that one of the areas that you really think that the Space Canada can, can talk to the government about is that, you know, we're not doing enough on Earth observation for Canada and, and we need to do more? I think that's just one key area. I think there's many other key areas as well. Uh, you know, uh, I always advocate for doing things like space exploration, space communication. Uh, you can accomplish a lot on the ground uh, in terms of those kind of key things, space situational awareness. You can do it all out on the ground with a very little amount of money. And so I'm always advocating for all those areas. But Earth observation is, is obviously a, a key area. It's changing so rapidly, the dynamic of the virtualization of the of the ground system. If you look at some companies that have some really unique ideas, you know, like Spacelink, who is out there having an always on, always connected uh, Earth observation channel, so that uh, you don't have to wait for passes, you don't have to, you know, it, it's constantly communicating amongst the satellites in the network, usually communicating with the Earth observation satellites, relating that information. It's a very unique concept. So, how do you manage that? Uh, you know, uh, you know, when you and everybody's got an earth observation satellite they're kicking up. You got the small sats, the nano sats, and they're all looking at the earth and taking pictures and doing things. So in some respects, you look at our Canadian policies that we have regarding it and they're quite old. They're back when radar sat one was looping around the, the world and taking pictures and relaying that information. It's, what do I say? Uh, the cows out of the barn and it's in somebody else's yard now. Right? So it's, it, how do you, you know, having things, having regulatory uh, environments that, you know, maybe even some ways hamstring the Canadian industry is, is definitely not helping it. I don't think uh, it, it's going to require a lot of work and it has to take some, a lot of careful thinking about exactly how we, um, we uh, incorporate, uh, you know, the, our own language, our, our own uh, uh, legislation and our rights to privacy. Got another question on that, but before we get to that, uh, I want to stick to the to the Space Canada and Callion within Space Canada. So, could I take it because even within the space industry, a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot of people, some people don't know about Callion. So, is this one way of Callion saying we're going to be more, we're going to have a more a bigger uh, public profile when it comes to space? Uh, heck yeah. <laughs> <Let's>, absolutely <laughs> you know the uh, uh you know we're we're a commercial entity we but also we're uh, very uh want to be very good stewards of our environment but 
uh, we definitely want the world to know that that you know, how heavily invested we are in space and space programs. You know, we do everything from Canadian you know, satellite operations for the Canadian Space Agency for the small sat missions they have there. We build our own antenna systems all the way from little teeny super accurate GPS receivers to all the way up to very large aperture antennas, all the way up to 35 meter antennas that we use for space exploration uh, for, for the European Space Agency. We've been around for over since Star Trek first started on TV, you know, we've been around <laughs> since that's that time. And, and so, yeah, we definitely want to make sure the world knows about us. We want to make sure Canada knows about us because I think Canada is one of the areas where we're, we're least understood and least, you know, they say, Oh, Cali and those guys are system integrators. And it's like, we're so much more than that. We have over 180, almost 200 engineers working in space and space related technologies alone. So uh, you got to think those guys are doing a little more than integrating systems. So, you know, that we're doing things in digital space and, and in, uh, you know, in the antenna systems, antenna solutions. So really trying to push that, that model and really trying to, for as far as I can remember, the Canadian industry has been very disjointed. Uh, you know, there's, there's a few key primes, a few key players, uh, but there's no key consortiums. There's no key saying, hey, we're going to work together as a team and really take this on, take this challenge on. We're going to beat this. Canada is going to win this, not just one company or another company and or one company is going to say that we're going to win this as a team and then just drivel it all down to, uh, well, you know, you can bid on that too if you want. You know, so so I really would love to see some some better consortiums in terms of R&D, in terms of space-based, uh, space-related development but also really good teaming and consortiums on actual commercialization of these things. Uh, we're one of the best companies, uh, I think, in, in terms of being able to provide uh, rate of return on any kind of investment we've made in space. It's always provided money and it's always provided revenue. Uh, and so it's always paid back. It's, it's debt, I would say, in terms of, uh, of the investments that we've made. So uh, I think together, I think, as a as a group of companies we can we can make a better uh, impact on the global market we got to do it together and we got to get over uh you know our, our own selves in terms of how what pieces of the pie we want so out of curiosity i don't know if you can answer this um within Callion and its revenues um you know from a, a workforce perspective i think you, it was around eight percent or so depending on uh, you know, the, what kind of programs you've got ongoing as a percentage of, of the uh, overall workforce. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what kind of revenues that the space segment brings in or is that? Yeah, I can, I'll do it in proximate terms and then, uh, sure. and then let uh, uh, Sarah block us afterwards or something. But uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, in, in terms of uh, the, the general market, uh, Callion, I'll say, let's peg Callion as almost 500 million a year, half a billion dollar a year business. Uh, the um, advanced technology is about right now about 180,000 or 180 million of that, sorry. And of that 180 million, I would say uh, a very good portion of that is space and space related. So I would probably filter that down to well over 100,000 uh, or 100, sorry, well over $100 million a year surprises me uh, is is uh, space and space related and that's um that's a good percentage considering the 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 percentage as compared to the well, workforce that you have and if you look at the industry as well uh, you know there's there's a uh, very few ground systems companies that can uh, sort of re really report those kind of revenues uh you know and that's due to our diversity i believe 
but uh, definitely our, our plans are to go much higher than that and, and continue growing. If, if you can't, you know, you can't look at us like in the same perspective as somebody who produces satellites, right? They sell satellite, you know, one satellite's worth half a million dollars, 200 million, 200 million to half a billion dollars, right? So, uh, you know, they can nail it pretty good when the business is going and business is hot. But for us, it's ground systems, ground system related technologies was an order of magnitude uh, smaller than uh, what's uh, the space uh, hardware and space equation. So, so then that, that brings me back to the Space Canada thing where you have nine companies that have joined the organization now. Obviously, you, you know, you want to be representing even more companies. Um, do you think one of the issues might be that companies that are like significantly larger uh, within that group, MDA and Telesat, might dominate things? Uh, or, or, or is this going to be more... Um, What's the popular word these days? Uh, uh, more democratized uh, uh, industry group. Well, uh, okay, I'll say not. Not in my house is 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 the uh, is, are we going to see the Telesat uh, MBA dominance? If that's the case, then I sure picked the wrong horse to ride. So I really don't want to see that happen. And I, I'll uh, try tooth and nail. You know, they're very different businesses. You know, one's got a uh, uh, you know commercial sack like communications uh, based uh, in the, uh, model to to work and they're continuing to work at the Canadian grow they have their own mandates MDA has got a very space oriented group you can you can't get up for breakfast out hearing about the lunar missions and the uh, and the, and the space arm and things like that uh, our group is very ground based so uh, you know a lot of times uh, yeah we see ourselves competing for when we overlap but a lot of times we're like well you know you do you and and uh, I'll do me uh, so the idea is to really my focus, my goal is to see good consortiums uh, come out of this, good good uh, partnerships, uh, uh, joint ventures, acquisitions, whatever you want to see. But I want to see Canada grow in the space community, uh, get a bigger piece of the pie, a better seat at the table when it comes to these large international missions, and really think about all the capability Canada has to offer for these space missions, not just I'll say it, not just a space arm. We want to, we want to have, you know, there's lots of other things we can do and lots of other ways we can, we can help uh, these uh, large space programs. And so we all got together and have that voice to, to, to really say, yeah, let's, let's think bigger. Yeah. Now, um, one last question in this area. Um, the other industry group that's been around for a long time is the Aerospace Industries Association of Canada. Mm -hmm. Was Callian ever a member or are you a member? I, I can't remember. Yeah, I'll, I'll go on the record. We're currently a member and we've been a member for quite a while. Uh, and a, and it's, it's a great association. I have no, no issues with what they do. I, I feel that maybe, uh, you know, um, I'll say it nicely, but, uh, you know, the, the, there's mandates in those groups and they have a lot of good intentions, but it is an aerospace association and not just a, a, a space association. So the aero side of things can really dominate a lot of their thinking and a lot of their policies. Uh, but that's not to say the space committee doesn't do a, a, a vibrant amount of work. And I think they have tried to improve that in, in some ways over the years, but it does can, it, it can get dominated by one particular issue or another. And not saying uh, space Canada won't either, but uh, you know, uh, but we feel like just having one that was just a space, is really important. Uh, so that alone is, is a differentiator. All right, so I just have a couple uh, questions left, and, and, and they really go to the heart of 
being able to grow the uh, space industry in, in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, and they deal with the uh, Canada's regulatory uh, environment, in particular, uh, the Remote Sensing uh, Space Systems Act, which is uh, basically uh, governs just a lot of Canada's space activities. Um, every five years, by law, a review is mandated. Uh, the first review came out in 2012, the second one in 2017, the third one was just released in the last week. Um, uh, each review appears to be sounding the alarm bell louder that changes are needed, and the report specifically says that changes are needed. Um, before I actually talk about what they say in terms of uh, their short, medium, and long-term goals are, what are your thoughts on 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 the regulatory regime in, in Canada as it stands now? Uh, yeah, so again, I'll say I'm I'm not a lawyer or a policy expert, so you know this is going to come from the gut more than anything. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, you know the the space industry, satellite communications, space explorations, Earth observations, all of those areas, and and more uh, situational awareness and defense and cybersecurity and, and security of the space links, they're changing so rapidly, first off. It is changing fast, and that's a fact. And what Canadian industry and what government has to realize is that you can't take a policy and update it every five years anymore. I don't think that's gonna work. I think it, either that or they need to take a step back and allow for a lot more free ranging uh, to happen there. Uh, because one, the other companies are, do, uh, other countries are, are being more open about it, uh, more liberal about some of these things. And as a result, their industries are flourishing. Uh, so we can't do anything that I think harms industry in, in Canada with no real good reason. And the other one is, what are we preventing? You know, uh, we need to really look at saying, okay, the, these regulations and the regulatory bodies are put in place to, to uh, encourage a certain behavior and discourage another type of behavior. And they really got to look at, if, are they doing that? You know, is that happening? Or is, like I said, the, the cows out of the barn and it's somebody else's yard. Uh, it's, it's, you know, if it's happening everywhere else, then what, what are we trying to do here? What are we trying to accomplish? Now, uh, my last question, which re is related to this, uh, has to do with uh, the recommendations. And, and there, there's a lot of recommendations. I, I, mm -hmm. I certainly won't go through all of those, but one in particular has some synergy with, with, with Space Canada, uh, and that is the, uh, a medium-term um, uh, uh, goal. And I'm just going to make sure that I've got the right... Uh, oh, Space Canada. And I'm trying to find out... Uh, it's one of it's one of the, the the I think it's a medium term recommendation. But anyway, what it deals with is that uh, the Canadian government should create a cabinet. Oh, actually, it's a long term goal. Sorry, there you go. Uh, Canada should create a cabinet level committee, such as uh, the U.S. National Space Council. Mm. Um, now. National Space Council is something that Space Canada said, uh, I spoke with Brian Gallant, wrote, wrote uh, about this. Uh, National Space Council is something that uh, is a goal of the um, uh, Space Canada. Uh, in the report, it says that this should be a long-term goal. That, that seems uh, long-term means pretty far away to me. Should that not be a, a short-term goal to, to create this cabinet level National uh, Space Council? 
Yeah, I'd say if it's a long-term goal, you're too late. You know, in in our industry, if you're not, uh, you know, if you're not moving, you're dying. So it, it's really got to be uh, relevant, and it has to be done fairly quickly. I think because, like I said, the technologies here are evolving so rapidly that if they don't get ahead of it now, they'll probably never get it reeled in in any way, shape, or form uh, coming up, uh, you know, in any sooner. And there's a number of large objectives, large things that are going on out there in the world. If you don't reel them in, it's not going to happen. Look at space junk even, and then the proliferation of uh, large LEO satellite networks and constellations. And, you know, we can do what we want, but there has to be some global agreement. So again, a space focused group is there's so many issues there to really uh, look at right now and right here. And if we don't start doing something about them very soon, uh, you know, we're going to, we're, it's going to be irreparable to the Canadian, uh, you know, to Canada, uh, without it. So I think we really do need to get something going faster. I do see, see it being a short, shorter term thing, a shorter term need and an urgent need, not just something you can kind of look at in the future. Like, yeah, space programs, they do take a long time and they do evolve over, over time, but there's a lot of the, the small sat missions, the, 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 the quick launchers, the launch industry, all of that is changing dynamically and rapidly. And, and we got to get ahead of it. Uh, the amount of space junk that's pro proliferating up up in space is is becoming uh, ridiculous, and uh, the fact that nobody's even tried to do anything to prevent that, you know, they've tried some some things. I won't say that, but we we got a lot to accomplish up there to to keep keep that up clean. You know, it reminds me, and I'll, I'll embarrass my dad, but it reminds me when we we're sitting on a uh, a lake uh, fishing with my kids, and there's my dad. He takes a wrapper off the uh, off of his sandwich and he throws it into the lake, and my kids are like, "What are you doing?" grandpa you're 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 destroying the environment and i was like what you know it'll sink it's fine <laughs> and, uh, and so now my dad's gonna be mad at me but uh, the 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 whole point is that's the way we're treating space right now is just a big dumping ground and let it all fall down eventually and it'll be fine you know so i think we we can do better than that we should do better than that that's a whole different topic and there's a whole bunch of legacy uh, space junk up there that yeah people who put it there should clean it up but um yeah uh, eventually there there's going to be no choice but to do that otherwise yeah it's just going to yeah. it, it's going to hurt everybody and we need to regulate it so that people are more responsible about what they're throwing up there right so so it can be done it just costs a little more and uh, so is that so bad when you're you know it's it's just being responsible right you know it's yeah, we take that wrapper and we put it in a bag and we take it home and we recycle it. Why? Because it's a responsible thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, any closing thoughts, anything that I didn't bring up that we should discuss? No, I'll just uh, shout out to a bit of our, uh, our capabilities here and, and just say that, you know, again, as a ground systems lead, you know, we're, we're definitely doing uh, research and development into all sorts of new areas, including uh, the new uh, low earth orbit constellations that are working out there, the digital our modem technologies, as well as uh, really creating fast tracking solutions that are uh, low cost in terms of, you know, four meter full motion antennas. Uh, all that kind of stuff is all happening right now, right here at Callion in Canada. And we're definitely, we definitely want to promote all of our capabilities to the rest of the world and, uh, and within Canada. And most of the work uh, R&D that you guys are doing is in Saskatchewan? Uh, it's actually spread across Canada. Oh, we, we've right. got, uh, and, that, and that's something, yeah, again, another thing I'd like to say is that, yeah, it's, we're no longer Saskatoon based for sure. We have offices in Regina. We have offices in Edmonton. 
Uh, we have uh, in just outside of Montreal, we have uh, an antenna manufacturing company there that uh, that has an amazing R&D group. Uh, and we acquired, acquired them. They're originally Intertronic uh, Solutions. Now they're part of Calion. Uh, they're really helping uh, vamp up our capabilities uh, and as well as well as a, as a GNSS antenna company in, in Ottawa called uh, Talisman. Uh, they're, they're all part of the Calian family and they're all helping us uh, collectively uh, uh, do better in the industry and do much more uh, development and uh, adding uh, you know, technology at key inflection points. I actually came up with one, one last question. Um, are you uh, finding it, are you hiring to start with and are you finding yes. it hard to find people? Yes, uh, it, it, we, we're hiring. Uh, you know, always, uh, you know, we're, we're a growth oriented company. We're not stopping, uh, you know, ask Kevin, he say, no, no, we got to go. So, uh, yeah, we're not sitting down and, uh, the, the business that we have is definitely accommodating the growth that we're doing, uh, in terms of being able to get people in, in, in STEM related, uh, fields, it's very difficult. Uh, there's a lot of, um, shiny objects out there attracting people and, and attracting them outside of Canada. We want to say, hey, there's some really rewarding things you can do inside of Canada. You know, our software, software development uh, people are just being poached left and right by large U.S. organizations and smaller U.S. organizations that are just willing to pay astronomical, astronomical fees uh, to get these people to uh, move companies. And we're starting to look at saying, okay, we're not, do we have to outsource? Is that what we have to do now? And that's to me, that's crazy. So our best people are being used by the rest of the world. We're, we're being forced to look outside to the world to, to, you know, provide the enough capacity to do the work we need to do. Uh, I really want to balance that equation. I really want to encourage people to go into STEM and, and uh, really help us out. We, we, we have over uh, 15, I think, PhDs working for us in the satellite communications group alone. Uh, you know, it, it is a rewarding field and you can make a whole career out of it. It's great. It's really nerdy and it's fantastic uh, and, and rewarding. So, uh, yeah, definitely we're talent, attracting talent and uh, uh, retaining talent is uh, two key focus areas for us. Yeah. And when you mentioned Kevin, you were speaking of Kevin Ford, the CEO of the Cali yes. Group, because people might not Thank know you. that. Thank you for the commercial. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin Ford, our fearless leader. He's a... Uh, He's doing a fantastic job on promoting our cause, and uh, and definitely we've, he's taken us on a growth trajectory here over the last few years. I, and it is reflected in the the faith the market seems to have in in the company. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, so right, we'll end it at that, and hopefully we'll get you on the show in in the future to, to talk any new developments. Hey, anytime. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with Jarrett Matthews of Astrolab who've developed the Flexible Logistics and Exploration Rover, or FLEX, which the company is marketing for terrestrial use and to help build the lunar economy. As always, your feedback is very much appreciated. You can send us a comment or guest recommendation to podcast at spaceq.ca. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at The Economy Space. And you can also support the podcast by writing a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. Until next time.